Hello, welcome to today's County Road Bobblecast. Um, it's a different flavour today, it's actually virtual, and we haven't got our normal six, seven bottles of wine that are getting poured left, right, and centre. It's myself, which joins by Tony Ditchfield and, uh, well, Nick Palmer, but some people may know him as Astro on uh, on uh, Twitter. So <laughs> I would say that people probably would know you via your, your post-match reactions, but now there's pre-match and now there's post-post-match. There's a, there's a variety now out there, isn't there? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. The, post, the pre-match reaction is uh, probably not going to happen again because I'm superstitious. Um, the pre-match talk was obviously before QPR, and that result didn't go the way we wanted it to. So I think I'm going to stick to the post and possible post-post-match reactions <laughs> dependent on how much I've drank, how much I've had to drink, how excited I am, and what I've been listening to. Because if I listen to the right kind of music and I drink the right kind of uh, beverages, I get a bit more animated. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, it's it's good that we've got something to cheer anyway after a couple of defeats and it's just nice to see the Blues get back in full pelt and, and, and get the three points there because, um, you know, sometimes these look easy on paper, but, you know, they, they can be hard work all the same. Um, just just there before we get going on, on the game, the, uh, the weekend, and seeing as you are new to the podcast, Astro, for, for anyone that hasn't come across you on Twitter, obviously I think people will pick up straight away that, you know, that, that, that voice is perhaps not... Um, originating in L4, like we just mentioned before the podcast, it's actually from the stateside and our growing family over there. So uh, do you want to give a, a quick rundown for the listeners what got you into Everton um, and uh, whereabouts you're, uh, you're based out of Oh, yeah. Um, well, I, I used to joke that I was from Parts Unknown because, no, like, you know, the wrestlers back in the day had the, you know, the mask on, they're from Parts Unknown. Uh, but, yeah, because I grew up in a really little town in northeast Georgia. Um I've actually lived, uh, you know, Germany for nine years, been all over, uh, traveled, uh, traveled the world quite a bit. Um, but it was actually uh, when I was stationed in Arkansas in 2010, where I ran across uh, Landon Donovan of the U.S. national team playing, uh, playing for Everton on loan. Um, I caught a bit of the Arsenal match where he had his debut. I think it was his debut and he did really well. But the match that I got to watch first and foremost, like from, from stem to stern, was against Man City uh, away, wearing those, those sweet black and hot pink kits from that year. Um, and, and I followed all through Landon Donovan's loan spell, and I saw Tim Howard was playing. And obviously, like the team that we had around that time, you know, um, I don't think Jags was quite back from injury, but you had like Johnny Hightinga, you had Distan, you had, you know, obviously Leighton Baines, you had uh, Phil Neville, Tony Hibbert, um, you know, you know, Stephen Pienaar, I'm just like, I don't know why I'm naming these people because everybody that listens to this podcast will remember who they are. But yeah, like that team, like the more I learned like and watched that team and I'm like, oh, they're in the Europa League. So I'm watching that as well. And I'm like, oh, okay, so all right, Liverpool. Okay, I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. I never did like Liverpool. There was a kid that went to my school that wore a Liverpool kit and he was a tit. And like, obviously like that, I didn't realize that he was just being on brand. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, but, but yeah, like I never liked that shirt, you know, I was like, ah, but see, you know, I see, I saw that Everton kit with the, you know, the close to being what it was in the eighties that year, snapped up a kit and watched every match. Donovan went home on, uh, from the loan and I kept watching because, you know, it's that it's the saying that's true. Everton touches you. You're never the same again. Um, and then I actually got to move to Germany uh, later on that year. And, uh, you know, 
I, I was like working to get to Goodison Park for the first time and uh, never missed a match. Fulham 2011 was my first match. Uh, Seamus Coleman and Louis Saha scored. Clint Dempsey, another Yank, scored for Fulham that day, but two to one. And, and to get to go to Goodison, to get to walk the tunnel, to get to hear Zed cars. And I don't know, it just felt there was just something intensely like it's damn, it's spiritual, like straight up. Like that's a, like you go into that, you go near that ground and you just feel the energy. You know what I mean? And, and being able to go there and to, and to go to my first match and have that experience was insane. And I've, I've been the match seven times, uh, all vertebrimen away for a friendly. Um, and then I came back for Man City. You remember when we signed Yelovich and Darren Gibson scored and that nut jumped out of the park end and chained himself to the post? That peckerhead was about five seats to the right of me and Dave, and he just jumped out. And I'm like, where the hell is he going? Apparently, he had a bone to pick with Ryan Ayer and figured that the Everton-Man City match was the place to do it. Um, but, yeah, like, I, you know, I got to go to Wigan away uh, a couple of days later for a draw. Um, and then after that, it was um, Southampton away. Took it at planes, trains, and automobiles for a nil-nil <laughs> draw on a Monday night. Good good friend of mine. And we, we left a savage burn on Southampton that night. Um, and But we had a great time, you know. Um, and then then uh, Chelsea away, we lost 2014. And uh, West Ham at home, Lukaku header late 2014. Sadly, that's the last time I was at Goodison Park. Um, professional and personal situations have kept me from being there in, 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 like, in, like, in person, but in heart, I never left. Um, and I'm there every time they play. And wherever they are, you know, I'm, I'm there. Um, and I know that it's like I catch a bit of stick uh, on Twitter. Uh, people think I'm a piss taker or something like that. But, you know, I, I, I'm not a Ted Lasso ripoff. I, I'm just a – I'm just a passionate old Southern boy who fell in love with Everton and, and I plan on loving them the rest of my days. So. Definitely Astro, perfectly put, mate. And, uh, you know, you're, you, you've, we've been, you're in some good company. We've had uh, Phoebe from, from the Atlanta Blues here. Oh, she's class, a, yeah. Class we've had with Jeff, um, one of our good mates as well, over in Cincinnati and, and obviously um, Tony Chicago as well as uh, this frequent of the podcast. So, you know, you're in some really good company anyway for our stateside fans. I figured you guys wouldn't have anything to do with me. I mean, you've had all these classy folks on. I mean, they're awesome. <laughs> they're great. They're so well-spoken and it's so great to listen to. And I, I sound like nails on a chalkboard when I talk. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on. So no, the, the, the pleasure's all ours, Astro. The pleasure's all ours. Um, so um, just a, uh, Fantastic to hear your story there, mate, anyway. And it's great because, you know, everyone's got their own stories and their own ways that, that Everton, um, you know, obviously seep into their heart and never really leave. Um, but, no, it's it's it never gets old hearing them stories, you know, how our club connects us all, you know, depending on no matter where we are across the globe, it matters not. You know, we're all one big family. Um, so thanks very much for sharing that with us, Astro. Um, just... Um, looking at the, the game at the weekend then obviously it was good to see us get back and, and win a game and you know all the kinds of Everton that stats were, were, were aligning you know the, the the 15 games without a win for Norwich and you were looking at it and you were thinking don't you dare Everton don't you dare do it um Tony um what was your your first thoughts leading up to that game you seen the side as well you know obviously you've got a few players out at the moment and uh obviously off the back of a couple of defeats as well 
Well, you know, growing up in the state of Georgia, I learned that sports exists to it, it exists to like to be great and to also crush your soul because the only championship I've ever seen in my life was when the Braves beat the Indians in the 95 World Series. And it's only because they're cursed worse than we are. Okay. So I when I see things like that, like um I a, a lot of the teams that I love know they every year they find new and creative ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Um and uh, I looked at the match on Saturday and I was just like, oh, God, I've seen this happen in so many like different types of sports. And I'm like, this is not I had that gnawing feeling of oh, this is not good at all. But like it's kind of like in my post-match reaction, I was like, sometimes you just got to look at a team like Norwich and you've got to say, man, move over and let me pass or somebody has to pull these hush puppies out your ass. I mean, because I'm I'm Everton Football Club. I'm the fighting blue pride of Merseyside, and you're the Norwich, you know, coal mine canaries. You're the first person to bite it. You know what I mean? Like, your ass is going down like James Brown. So, you know, like, I, I wanted to see a statement. I wanted to see a statement that that there, there was fight. Like, I don't care if, like, listen, I know we're going to lose. Like, you, you losses are a part of sports. What I can't stand is a gutless performance. And I don't want to hear excuses. People were injured. Man, every, everybody gets injured in a season. Um, I, I wanted a response. I wanted a, a cohesive, like, you know, like fight from the team. And, and by God, they brought it. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? They, they, packed, they packed up the whole truck with whoop-ass to include the kitchen sink. They didn't leave anything at all. And, you know, I saw some people – I don't look at Twitter during the match um, because I see – I would always see a lot of negativity. Like, I don't expect Everton to be, like, prime Barcelona back in the day. I, like I said, I just want them to be like, I'm going to bust your ass in the mouth and I'm going to take all these points, you know, because you're in my house. And don't nobody walk into Goodison Park and take anything without le- having a mark left on them. You may win, but you're going to limp out. And I'm going to yeah. catch your ass on, on the next side. You know what I mean? So so that's the kind of – I want to – like, and you know what? Like, I was to put my hand up. Like, like I was cussing driving down the road when I heard that Rafa was going to be the, the manager. And I was like on the phone with my Evertonian buddy that lives down in Florida, Kip. I'm like, man, I said, it'd be like Steve Spurrier coming to, to coach at Georgia. That's a college football reference. He's like, I was like, can you imagine that? And he goes, man, he's like, we'll just have to wait and see. And, and you know what? I decided that evening I was going to give Rafa every chance, um, you know, I, and, and my full support, you know, um, and, and I'm, I was going to be like, you know what? There's something to be said about a man that wants to be there. And I'm sorry, but Ancelotti, I never was on board with him. Like, I always kind of felt like that old boy will be one foot out the door, you know, the, the first chance he gets. Because, like, Everton should never be – you're not – it felt like Everton was beneath him. And I got news for any player that just went to Qatar or any manager. Like, you aren't above Everton Football Club. Okay, if you don't want to put your ass out on the line and and leave everything you got on the pitch for that badge on that shirt and for those people in the stands that drove like five hours to QPR down the motorway and got stuck out there all over the whole night. Like if you're not willing to give everything for those people in that badge in that city, then piss off. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Glory go with you and peace behind you. You ain't got to go home, but you can't fucking stay here. And that's how I felt about Ancelotti leaving. That's how I felt about Hamas leaving. And, you know, you don't want to be here. Piss off, you know, because yeah. there's a hell of a lot of people that do. And 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 I, I'm, I'm excited. I love the way he talks about everything. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm rambling and I apologize. Um, 
But no, I wanted a statement result because, you know, obviously QPR didn't go the way any of us wanted it to, but I don't know. That old Rolling Stones lyric, you can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. Sometimes yeah. you need your ass whooped. Failure's the greatest teacher there ever was. Uh, and, and, and as long as you learn from it, then it's not a bad experience. And we learn from that at QPR. And the lessons that we learned, we put to work on the match on Saturday. And like Andros Townsend, man, what a, what a signing. When I heard he signed him on a free, I was like, okay, we'll see how that works. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people are upset because we're not spending money. Well, listen, we spent money like a drunk sailor in port for the last five years on the wrong stuff. And now we've got to reset and we got to pay the price. Um, but man, Damari Gray and, and Andros Townsend, and that, that they want to be here. They're playing, they're fighting hard. Rafa's happy to be here. He gets to go home every night. I mean, I don't know. It's just a, if you told me that we would be sitting here at this point before the Man, Man United match on 13 points in the position we're in, I'd have snatched your arm off to take that deal, especially considering the number of injuries that we've had. So, it, Saturday was everything I wanted. I think that's why I got so wound up and had to do a post-post-match reaction because I went back and watched that Decore goal and the, the shades, the beer got open, the shades got put on, the gangster hat played, and I got fired up again. <laughs> Sorry. Cheers, Astro. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Tony, you know, obviously Astro's just being said about uh, Tamari Gray and, and Townsend, and I've seen a stat today saying that they're actually responsible for 68% of our, our goals contributions so far. Is that what you expected, Tony? And, you know, how do you think they've adapted? Do you think, that they, obviously, that, that, that they've exceeded expectations? Well, you'll know from the um, from the group chat. I was, I made reservations about at times and signing. Um, obviously, 30, going on 30 and, you know, free transfers and the thought, you know, this fellow's not going to set the word light. It's not what we need to regress, but I'll hold my hands up right now. And I admit he's probably being our best signing soon. Um, like, he literally doesn't stop from start to finish. He back, goes forward, knows how to pick a pass, great cross to the ball. And put it this way, he's, he's, he's been playing with Calvert Lumen as well. So imagine him out of the city, he's going to get when Calvaloo comes back. I mean, I'm like, I'm obviously not going to slate anyone, but you know, I've got me, you know, got me reservations about Ronzon because to me, he looks like someone who's run around with concrete on his legs. But you know, could be fitness, but still, you know, hopefully he will prove me wrong like Sam's end. Then on the other hand, other hand Gray, when we signed Gray, I thought, you know what, this will be a good sign. I did, I did have belief that that kid could come on because he's only 26. Got something to prove, and obviously you can see that he is fighting every single game. And I think the kid's going to be a good top-class player for us, and a good snip. Even if we we could even make a lot of money on him as well, going forward in a couple of years. I mean, obviously we don't want to play his going like that, but again, you know, with his age, there is that potential as well. Yeah, it's well, it's refreshing, isn't it? You know, we almost seem to be buying the players, at, at, you know ridiculous prices and then all of a sudden we realise we've, we've paid too high and Gray's actually the opposite way around which is a pleasant surprise, you know we were really prudent in the past, you know like Tim Cale's one and a half million you know Stephen Pienaar's that we signed for next to nothing, so it's it's nice that we're kind of flipping it back on its head a bit and getting a bit of value from some of these players Definitely Yeah, definitely I, I, I Listen, I, I have the same concerns about Rondon and, and I'm just 
I have the same worry uh, that you do, uh, Tony. But you know what, right? Like I, I, I'm if I'm willing to give the other guys a chance, then I'm going to do the exact same thing, and and I'll I'll reserve judgment until an appropriate time to where he's had enough, you know, enough of an op- enough of an opportunity to be match fit, um, and 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 to get back into whatever fitness he's capable of at his age. But um, yeah, I mean, we're definitely signing the right kind of players now. Like you said, Damari Gray having some value if he were to leave. Um, and that's like kind of the thing I was talking about earlier with, you know, like I, I hate to be like this, but Everton always never seems to have two things that match. They got ham, no burger, peanut butter, no jelly, Kool-Aid, no sugar. I mean, you know, like back in the day with Moyes, we had a, a, we had a plan and he had you know, a system, but we never had the funds for transfers. I mean, I'm still looking in the couch cushions for the Arteta money. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, but, but at the same time, um, you know, like we did get money and now we don't have a plan. Uh, and it kind of seemed to be willy nilly. And that most important thing right now for me is that Rafa Benitez has an opportunity to do his job. The revolving door on the manager's office at Finch farm needs to be replaced with a, a proper one that shuts because it's the constant upheaval that I feel like has been the only consistent thing since Moises' departure. Um, the club has to be allowed to settle. They have to get a consistent uh, philosophy that works through not just our transfers, but how we play the game and how the club is run. Um, and I think that there's a vast opportunity for improvement across the board. I love Everton Football Club, but there's some things that they're garbage at, you know, and 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 like and and that's not me being like. I don't know. That's not me being negative. It's me being realistic. You know what I'm saying? And I hope that they, they realize that and that this, this is a reset and we're going to go through the pain right now of not being able to buy for a little bit. We're going to get profitability and sustainability on side. And, and we've got a manager with a coherent strategy. You know, I have my questions about Marcel brands. Um, I want to see what he does when he works with the same person for longer than 18 months. Yeah. And then I'm going to, it's, it's the same. Like, don't get me wrong. I have questions about him and I, and I don't, you know, I, I have this whole, I did like a 10 minute pot, like a 10 minute talk. I've never put out on Twitter or YouTube or anything where I talk about like leadership and I talk about um, accountability. Um, and, and for me, like leadership comes, it trickles down from the top. I have some serious questions about the leadership at the top. Um, and, you know, with, because of a lack of a coherent strategy. Um, and these are all questions that I hope are answered by people smarter than me. But I know this, you know, if, 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 I, if I see these things, then they're real. Because if I see them, then hopefully a professional that works in the game of football would see this. Because if they don't see it, but I see it, then, then our problems are much bigger than I originally thought. Sorry, I apologize. Y'all are going to have to hit, put the mute button on me or something. Because <laughs> I don't know. You know what, mate? I'm expanding what Nick said. You know, in the group, I called out Brands the other day. I mean, our two signings this season who stood out, Towns and the Grey, are obviously Benitez's signings. We know that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he, Benitez went, went to Brands and went, look, I need a right back. You need to go and get me a right back. He never done it. And Amanda before that wanted a right back. He never done it. Yeah. How long? Like, who has he brought in, really? I mean, maybe D, Luca Dean. I can't really think of like Decore, but it wasn't Decore um, recommended Silver by Silver. Yeah. But again, so what's Marcel Brands doing? What's his job? I, I honestly think we should do away with this director of football now and let Benitez just sign who he wants and build, build his team. 
And that very well may be the answer. I mean, and like I said, like I, that you, you echoed the exact reasons why I have questions about brands. And, and I'm going to say this, right? Like the other day we got an email after the QPR match about Everton in the community. Okay. Now I am going to stand up and put my hand up and say, one of the reasons that I love Everton football club is because of how deeply connected to the community that they are. It's not all about football. They realize it's about people and they do great things through that charity. It makes me proud to be an Evertonian and long may they be successful and great at what they do, but don't be tone deaf and don't send me an email about what the charity's doing the day after we got our asses whipped. Like we owe QPR money down in London. Okay. Um, that's tone deaf and that's a bad idea. It's the same way we all go, Oh, we, something bad's happened. Stadium news is coming the next day. Okay. <laughs> Everton. And I mean this, like, and I, 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 I'm not going to put Benitez in this because he's literally been on the flank, get battered ever since he was hired over everything from transfers to Hamas to literally everything under the sun. The only voice that I'm hearing is Rafa. And that's probably part of the reason why I got so much time for him is because he's the only bloody one of the, I know from the higher ups at the club who are stepping out of the line and saying something. And like communication is essential. Like you can't just be there for the good moments there, Bill, to break ground at Bramley Moore. You're the chairman of the football club. And when something bad happens, you got to answer that mail too. You can't just be there to soak up the good times. You got to communicate through the bad times because I'm willing to suffer a whole lot of shit when it comes to Everton, but it's a lot less when I don't know what the direction is and nobody's giving me an explanation. Sorry, I mean, I don't mean to get on my soapbox, but... No, no, I I think you raise an interesting question. Obviously, it was on Soppy TV early and speaking to the lads there as well, and that that very same thing from up communication. There's lots of different thoughts around it. You know, lots of people think that that maybe we we, we communicate far too little, you know, maybe the wrong times. And, you know, giving context to fans is important, like you say, because, you know, it's like sending a, a pilot up in the sky with no direction, isn't it? You know, and expect them just to deliver you go run out of gas you know what i'm saying if you don't know where you're going and what you need to do when you get there um you know you guys that was great this morning on toffee tv and you guys hit the nail on the head numerous times throughout that entire discussion um but for me right i thought about what can i i'm an analogy guy right so and and by the way i'm gonna preface this right now i'm not one of these yanks that thinks that like, uh, oh, we won World War II. No, we showed up late. We were about two years late showing up to that fight. And it's some bullshit that we didn't show up earlier because we shouldn't have left, you know, Britain, you know, on its own. And, and, and that's, a, that's a real source of embarrassment for me. There's a lot of American stuff that's a source of embarrassment for me. The way those tits acted when they won the Ryder Cup the other day being another example of that. Um, but regardless, think about context. I always think of analogies, right? Everybody knew that we had troops in England. Everybody knew that we were staging for an invasion in June, in in the spring of 1944, right? So they knew we were about to assault Fortress Europe, right? Um, But we didn't broadcast our battle plan for Operation Neptune to the Axis, did we? I don't need battle plans. I don't need like what we're going to do, verse, course, and verse from the club. All I need to know is that, you know what, it's, it's it's like Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. When, when Marcellus Wallace tells him the wolf is on the way. And he says, shit, that's all you had to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, all you have to do is let me know 
the wolf's got the motherfucker and, and everything's cool. You know what I mean? Um, that, that's all it has to be. Like I don't, like I said, I don't need verse, chorus, verse. I just need to go, you handling it, Jules. And that's it. And, and, you know, that's, that's where I think the club, listen, the day, like we go through that whole super league thing. Right. And, and that was a mad thing in the spring. And then Ancelotti left. I remember that stuff getting out on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, no, there's no way he's leaving. He's not leaving. He's not leaving. And he left. Listen, that kicked everybody in the jump. And I bet it left people at the club flat-footed. But you know what? When everybody else is losing their head, when you are the leader, when you have that, you know, when you're the guy at the top, you have to go, hey, managers leave every day. And there's always a plan B. Hell, there's a plan C. We got a room of people sitting at Goodison just thinking shit up of what we're going to do if something goes wrong. And, 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 and like, that's, we didn't see that coherent response, you know, isn't it Jim White that Mr. Mashiri always uses as his like kind of mouthpiece on sky and Marcel Brands likes to talk to the Dutch press over a waffle and a latte, you know, look, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love lattes and waffles and the Dutch in general. They're great folks, but they're not ever, that's not, that's not Everton. Like you need needs to, I don't know, there, there needs to be like, better communication and with toffee tv with bobblers podcast the unholy trinity the blue room view from the bullens the uh talk in the blues podcast there are so many well-run excellent like outlets that the club could utilize and they don't and that's the thing that blows my mind yeah fan media is obviously you know a big thing now and you know it is growing you know and i think it's got its place you know there's plenty of people sometimes suggest that it hasn't you know i'd, I'd always argue the fact you know it's it's you know the voices of the fans for me are are the most important at times you know and, and i genuinely believe football clubs do belong to fans because uh, we're there for the generations and, and generations that have gone before us um so it's you know it's great you know it, as we get more and more into this billion pound industry you know it's be nice to see someone actually front it up and talk about what you know what we can expect and where we're going and I don't think it's too much of an unrealistic ask as well um Tony I mean you're one of the lads who went you know spent a 10-hour round trip to QPR and back and I remember yeah I remember speaking to you the other day and you were absolutely sapped and sometimes I suppose it'd go a long way wouldn't it to, to know a bit more about what's going on you know when you have them defeats and you've spent that length of time following up and down the road yeah, definitely. You're right, um, but you know, as Nick said before, it's it's mad like you said like about the stadium news after the bad defeat. It actually generally actually happens. It's it's something that there must be something that they that they have in place. Think, oh, you know what? Being defeated and gonna um soften the blow here with a bit of stadium news. And then you've got Bill Kenknight, oh, but his musical theatre acting. Coming out, you know, they try to wipe everyone's eyes because that QPR defeat. No, it was not acceptable. I mean, I mean, um, but you can't. I, I'm not going to blame that for it. You know what I get? You should have played the strongest team, but the players that got put out on that pitch should have been good enough to beat QPR. Agreed. And they've got a lot to answer for. And then obviously just showed you the squad, the you know the the depth in the squad, like the likes of Tom Davis. You know, you know he's a scout lad and all that. Loves Everton, but you know, not good enough. Need to start. Need to start moving these people on now. Get rid of all the sentiments. That's Look, it. You just hit the nail on the head. We cannot be a victim of our sentimentality. No, I think it's a big thing, isn't it? You know, 
again, I think it was a hard one the other day because I think the announcement did come because there was a council meeting that day and it was signed off. So it's then hard not to, to, to communicate that. But, you know, the cynicism's there because of what's happened before, you know, and you can understand fans getting frustrated and especially fans that have put, you know, that, that them, you know, days and half days off work and, and I was travelling up and down the road. So just looking at, 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 uh, at Norwich, obviously, uh, the other day, obviously, finished 2-0. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that we relatively, you know, done all right. We didn't, you know, not, didn't really lay a glove on us too, too often. Um Tony, what were you? What were your thoughts watching the game? Do you think that that that, that it helped us maybe that that they were more passive and they allowed us to, to have a lot of possession at times and and come at them? Or do you think that that actually made us worse because we lost a bit of sharpness maybe because we were kind of just matching the the tempo that they were displaying? Yeah, because you like 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 the thing was about like the first. I'd say for the first half, you were very you were quite slow build up. It was a boring game to watch, but you know, I mean, not um. If anyone's a knowledge fan listening, and nothing in front of them, but they're probably the worst side I've ever seen in the Premier League. They are so poor, and it, it we should be really, like we could we could have been not even got out of first gear and still beat them. They just didn't even I can't, I can't even remember them actually attacking. I think they had five five at the back, and it's that kid as well that we were linked with twenty five million Max Adams. Yeah, no, no, you're all right. Um, yeah. but you know they were there for the taking and. We should have just went full throttle because I think if we did go full throttle from start to finish, we'd have battered them. I think you'd have put four or five past them. And then, um, but obviously, again, it came to life a bit. Second half, we're trying to aim, obviously, you know, get the goals and that. But you're looking looking at that the team, like the Godfrey, you know. I haven't seen Godfrey play this this bad, but again, the lad had COVID. Yeah. He's been he's been last day back in, so, you know, obviously you've got to give him, you know, the chance to you know, get back to his full fitness because against QPR, he was absolutely shocking. Um, the one that where Charlie Austin beat him to the ball, I was right, literally right behind that goal and I thought, how's he beaten? So that, I, I think I was closer to heading the ball away there than him. Um, <laughs> but again, Godfrey's a good player and he will be a top player. In my eyes, I think he'll be a top player. Some of the people I know have got reservations about his, you know, his offensive ability. But again, again, he's had COVID. You know, it's might suck a lot out of him. I think Alan spent maximum, was it, for that at Newcastle? It took him weeks to come back, have it? Yeah. But, you know. He's also played out of position a lot. You know, yeah. like, you know, to me, like, he's a young player. And like you said, you, you take into you take into effect, you take into account that he's had COVID and, like, how long everybody's different, right, with how they bounce back to COVID and what their recovery time frame is. But, you know, he played left back last year. You know, he's obviously a center back by trade. And he's just had to fill gaps because of, the fact that our squad is, you know, shorter than Danny DeVito at the moment, you know, um, <laughs> and, and like, that's going to, that's going to make his ability to develop and get faster, better, just disappear because, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none, you know? Um, so, so, you know, it's like, I think, and, and, and this is just, you know, obviously consider the source. I honestly think we are a, a, an extended period of time, give us 18 months, right? Where everything is cool, calm, and collected for the most part with people settling into their positions with that locker room settling back down. Because like, think about it, like this whole Hamas thing, it had us around the twist. Imagine what it did to those players. You know, seeing somebody making 200,000 pound a week, you know, sitting on the ass playing, you know, Call of Duty on Twitch, you know, 
like and and everybody else is out there working twice as hard for half as much that's going to stick in people's crawl like real bad i know it would me i'd go kick him up the ass if it was me um you know but you know or at least stomp his foot and make it look like an accident you know in scrimmage or something but you know it, it at the end of the day like i think that we have a depth problem and we have a continuity problem and i think that like i said 18 months like i know us crashing out of the cup was an awful thing it might have been a, 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 a good thing in disguise, you know, because now that's fewer matches that we have to field a team for. And with the, the, the Premier League, with especially with the way the officiating has, like, altered its perspective on challenges this year, you're probably going to have a lot more injured players like we we're already running into, you know, like with, with that challenge that, uh, you know, old boy made, old boy from Burnley. I, I, I can't remember his name. But uh, that that reckless challenge down that left side, you know, that's Tarkovsky. Yes, exactly who it was. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, that was, you know, that was reckless and it was dangerous and it should have been a foul and it even wasn't, you know. Uh, So like, yeah, no, and again, you know, Rafa, it's not his first rodeo. You know, he he knows the city, he knows the club, he knows, he knows what the fans want. You know, I think it's clear from his communications. I think you mentioned it before, Nick, about how he's actually fronted a lot of this up and he said that you know the right things probably at the right times and you know I think he really understands the sense of feeling from you know and the frustration that we've suffered so I do think that you know given time that you know he will get us to where we need to go um I think the frustrating part is because you know everyone's like well how long do we need as a club as a collective however you know it is Rafa Benitez's first season you know he's only just exerting his influence on the club you know he's getting to to know, you know, the good parts, the bad parts, you know, we've all been in that new relationship when you first meet someone and everything's great and then actually start to find out, you know, there's other sides to that person and, you know, stuff that we know already maybe as fans, you know, we know that Gomez and Davies can't play together. We've seen that tale play out a million one times and and it's never ended well, but he's just coming to the club, you know, he has studied us and he has looked at us, you know, but he's having to make gambles um, you know, and sometimes them gamblers do backfire, probably like they did at QPR. But look, you know, there's a bigger picture of play. You know, it's sure probably being a good start there. You know, we're, we're joint second now um, or fifth, depending if you want to look at it half full or half empty. And we're one point off the top, you know. And, and again, the cup thing, you know, there is a side of it that does say, you know, it's less games. Maybe we're not quite there to compete in that just at the moment. Um, and given the right consistency, given the right... Um, run you know run of injuries we don't really suffer as badly as some of the other teams there's, there's, you know because we have started with the worst affected teams by injuries you know and we've still got past that you know we've still found ways to score there's all people chipping in you know we haven't had our top goal scorers you know who knows we might actually really surprise ourselves you know given, given time the man should really understands the league um, so I was just looking um the, the you know the fixtures that are coming up. Obviously, we we've done away with knowledge now, so we can we can put that to bed. Um, I mean, I've got to say, their manager really doesn't look like a manager, does he? He looks like he's just about to, to go into a die art film and start like re- <laughs> really bringing the task. I don't know if have I'm just the only one thinking that. But yeah, have you read have you read him when he opens his mouth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talks like very screen. You got got like the softest piece in the world, like with the arm. <laughs> Yeah, the <laughs> you know, I thought he was quite delusional as well. Actually, when I heard him after the game as well, I, and I've never really took time to, to listen to him. Um, and I don't mean that offensively, but I haven't. Um, 
but he was, you know, the, the kind of saying it wasn't a penalty for, for Alan, you know, and the, the ball was running out. Where did that come from? You know, it's is he watching the same game or is no. the fella losing the plot a bit? He won't uh, last long. He, he, you know, did he, at the end of the day, not, it's, it's, it's a weird setup. It's, it's just like a yo-yo club. They yeah. come, and then they come, they come, come, they come to the Premier League for the Premier League money. They're not bothered about spending it, and then they just go down again and get the parachute payments and rinse repeat. Yeah, like, you know, what I mean, like where we moan about Everton, waste of money, but imagine supporting a club like that where it's just. You're playing to get promoted, and then you know you're going to get relegated in the season after because you never, never put a fight up when you do come up. Where, where you got Brentford, got Brentford. Oh. Yeah, they're they're the complete and polar opposite to Brentford at the moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not looking forward to to seeing them. Not not right now. That may change, but uh, I don't know. Like like I said, sometimes you can just see bad news written all over something. <laughs> that to me has got bad news written all over it. And the funny thing about Brentford is they come through the playoffs. They didn't even finish yeah. in the top two. Yeah. And they're the best out of the two that, three that came up. Oh, defo. These do, do seem to be more set, don't they? And I'm saying this to, to Cooper, who was sat next to me at the game, um, saying that, you know, he were devoid of characters, weren't they? You know, they really... I know Buendia left to, to Aston Villa and he was quite a, you know, a big loss for them in terms of creative figures. So, certainly an open play. Uh, but they just didn't seem to have that bite at all. I, I think the only time I really got scared was when when uh, Big McKean dipped his header and, and allowed the ball to bounce and, and you know, Pookie started slipping up. But we've seen that story uh, happen before, which is why I started to panic a bit. But, you know, as it was, he, he recovered and he was fine. But, yeah, they, they, they were totally devoid of character. But then you look at Brentford on the other end of the stick and, you know, obviously I watched that game against Liverpool and they were, they were just coming forward all the time. Looked like they were, you know... In, an actual fact, sometimes some of these newly promoted sides, you know, you attack too much and don't really know how to, to kind of, you know, do the defending that comes with it. And they've they done a bit of both, you know, and they, they really made it difficult for Liverpool. And I know they can, you know, it was a 3 3, uh, but, you know, that's, it's a good result for them. Uh, and it was a bit of a flying ointment as well, wasn't it, for Liverpool? Oh, yeah. yeah. But we used to, I was, um, I know Barry's obviously not here today, but Barry made a shelf the other week, I think it was two weeks ago. You went to pick a lead, my leads probably might go to my end. I've got a big shelter going down this season. And you know what? Looking at it, yeah. I think can you are, I can't argue with that. You know, like not not based on where they're sitting in the table at the moment. I mean, they're the, tr- the trend for them is definitely heading in the wrong direction. Because everyone sings the praises. What's his name? Bielsa. They all sing his praises, but he only knows one way of footing and that's attacking. Yeah. But he's got these guys, hasn't got a plan B. Like, do you just get caught out constantly? On the break now, and everyone I think everyone's sussed them out. And I think if they don't change what they're gonna do, I think you look at them as being a, a being a you know a big shot to go down this season. Yeah, I mean you can't be a one trick pony in the Premier League. I mean you just can't, and and that's exactly what they're doing. And they're in a trap, and, yeah. and you know it's it's I don't know. Uh, I, Leeds, I don't know. My my father in law is a Manchester United season ticket holder, <laughs> so. I hear about Leeds all the time and how much he hates them. So maybe it'll be an early, you know, an early birthday present for him next year if they go down. So I think with Leeds as well, he can only whip a horse so many times, you know, and Ambi Eisler has got them training twice a day. You know, it's a couple of seasons, two, three, four seasons. And now some of them lads have been going through hell, you know, because he gets them that fit that, you know, it's, it's human nature eventually that you get to a certain point and you, you know, you, you start to plateau a bit there. And like Sir Patrick Bamford, you know, he's, I think, you know, he looks good within a, a, a Beisler system. I, I wonder, you know, if he did go to a better team, would he 
would he play the same? Would he be as effective? I don't, I doubt, I doubt he was. You know, mm. so he is getting that extra twenty percent out of some of these lads there. Um, obviously Jack Harrison who went there that that, that was at uh, City as well. So you know he he's done an okay job, but can they sustain it? You know, I think you're right there, Tony. I think uh, Barry um, calling Leeds out as possibly be one of the sides going down as a as a good shout. You know, I think Leeds and Norwich could be could be there or thereabouts, and and possibly Newcastle as well. Even though I did see Steve Bruce on that FIFA clip the other day. Sprint across, <laughs> and he does look. He does look like he might be someone that they might be able to utilize towards the back end of the season. But that's his base. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just looking ahead, um, obviously we, we've got the international break coming back. Um, obviously we have been missing players. I think uh, you know most people have been really keen to get some of these these players back playing again. Um, Man United's obviously coming up. Um, what are we expecting? I think you're going, aren't you, Tony, to, to United? Yeah, I'm going. But um, you know, with United, as I say, like when you, you say it, at the end of the day, it's eleven v eleven, and that's how I want them to see that game. Yeah. Not us. No, don't be giving them any respect. You can look at Villa. Villa never gave never gave them the nope. day respect, and when I beat when I beat them, why yeah. can't we go into it? But I have got injuries. But again. You know, stick to our game plan. Don't give them any respect. Don't be giving that Ronaldo any respect. Just boot them everywhere as, as much as you can. And then yeah. obviously try and, you know, sneak sneak a little 1-0. Yeah. But, you know, it'll be an hard game, obviously. I'm not expecting to come out of there winning. But, again, it, I say it's 11 v 11. Go out there to win. I don't would expect any of the players back for that game that haven't been back already there as well. I know, obviously, Pickford's already come back and made a big impact. Uh, are you the similar thinking there, Astro? Are you kind of thinking, you know, let, let's just go and, and you know, let's see what happens? I think it was 3-3 last season as well, so not as though yeah. we haven't done it before. You, you know, like, you know, I think about that Villa match, right? There's like a nine-minute period where it got out of hand, right? And we were tit-for-tat with them right up until that point, and it just broke the wrong way, um, you know, and it went their way. And and obviously, you know, we, you know, we had that that momentary lapse of 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 reason or whatever, and it got a, got the game got away from us. But you're right, Villa went to Old Trafford and they gave them every bit as good as as, as uh, United could give back, and they didn't show Ronaldo any respect. I mean, listen, I think a, a few well timed Phil Neville tackles on Ronaldo, <laughs> like back in the day, um, you know, remind him of who he's playing, and that uh, we didn't take shit then, and we don't take shit now. Uh, we don't care whether we're at your house. Or whether we're at our house or on the motorway, um, you know what I'm saying. Um, I honestly think, right, like adversity, like 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 it can be a really good thing for a team if they have the appropriate type of leadership because they ain't no atheists in the foxholes, okay. Um, and when you're in the trenches with somebody and you know you 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 bond with folks, man. And when you if that team's got the right kind of chemistry going. And they go in there with a little bit of confidence and a little bit of that swagger. I mean, listen, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, and we're gonna have to walk that aisle, you know, on 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 Saturday against Old Trafford. And and you know what? I've been dreading thinking about it. I've been dreading talking about it. But being on here with you, gentlemen, I mean, listen, it's like you said, Tony, eleven v eleven. When that whistle blows, anything can happen. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it's an it's an interesting one as well, isn't it? You know. I actually bizarrely wouldn't change the side. You know, I think yeah, you know they actually done all right against not Norwich, and they started to find themselves. You know, a little bit certainly. You know, parts of the game, 
Um, but I'd be tempted just to throw the same 11 men out again, you know, and, and obviously the only one probably in question was Godfrey because we know, you know, the fact that he has had COVID and, you know, and I think Benitez mentioned he was 60, 70% fit at the moment and, he, you know, he's just he's just getting by. So, you know, there'd be a temptation possibly there. Um, would anyone change Godfrey here or would you just, would you keep him in or would you be tempted to bring the likes of Holgate in or someone like that? No, as you say, I'll keep the same same team. Even obviously with my reservations at Rondo at, at starting, but what I wanted to see against Norwich, we went 2-0 up and he would he wasn't doing anything. And he started sipping people up because he was that tired. He was just taking people out Rondo in the end. I thought, you know what, go and take him off and go and throw Sims on or something. Just give a kid the chance that we're 2 nil up. These aren't going to do nothing to us. So I think it's the same situation with United. If Rondon's doing nothing, Give what give, give the dog what's his name Dobbin give Dobbin or yeah. um, Sims a go because if he's not doing anything what what, what worse could could the kid do? That's one thing that does me head in about seven. No, we don't give kids enough chances. I think we've yeah. got a. I think uh, Mori Tosin's back as well, isn't he? I, I don't know if he'll be in and around the the, the, <laughs> uh, the, the squad, but uh, I think uh, if he if he can get his wig straight, you know, he 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 might actually be you know a useful. <laughs> Uh, fella that we could bring off the off the bench potentially there as well, um, but you know, again, I, we were joking the other day saying you yeah, we hope that Rondon's not like a, one of these dodgy charges that you buy from China and it never really you know, always kind of stays on forty five percent and never gets past it. Um, yeah. So you know, hopefully he's more successful than some of the things that I've bought from China in the past. But you know, it is early. You know, it's hard. You know, it's free free ninety minute games or or just less. You know, in in a week. So anyone anticipated him to, to, to be in the position where he had to do that. Um, so it, I, I, I'm kind of just, just playing. Um, he's then got a couple of weeks with the international break then to get up to speed, um, which will probably be will come at the right time. But at the very least, you know, he's a big fella. He'll occupy them. They've obviously got Harry Maguire back there. So, you know, I just say stand on his toes and make it awkward for him and try and bring people in, you know. And that, sometimes that's all we can ask. But I think it's interesting what you say about the kids, actually, because, you know, it's nice to see some some young talent in and around the squad. And I, I know I, I watched a lot of Blackpool last season simply because, um, well, firstly, I, I know a Blackpool fan. Um, so um, I was watching the game with him. Um, and also the fact that we had quite a few Everton players there, you know, present and past. And Sims did develop throughout the season. You know, he did start to look like a bit of a tricky customer where he looked like a kid at the start. So I think you're right there, Tony. I'd like to see, you know, certainly as, as we move towards January before we get the opportunity to load him, to actually give him some great game time. You know, and I think Rafa talked about he was working on his positional sense. Uh, you know, he's. I think most people who have seen Sims knows he's a finisher. And, and finishing sometimes doesn't matter what level you're at. You can either, you can either do it or, or you don't. And he can. You know, the fella can lash it away the top in, um, left, right and centre. It's just the, the in-game stuff maybe that's a bit more tricky for him and, and the mobility. Uh, Astro, what, what are you, I've seen you nodding when you're talking about Sims. Is he is someone that you might you, you think might get a bit of a, a sniff as we move towards January? You know, I want to see him get a chance. My question is, is you know, obviously we don't know what's his fitness level like because I know that he is still recovering from an injury. Um, you know, Dobbins, I, you know, I, you know, he does seem to be fit. Um, I know he's been doing well for the under twenty threes, and it kind of leads me to my next question or next like kind of thought is, is it like what 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 is the purpose of our academy? Is it to 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 compete for the Premier League two every year, or is it to bring players through? Because 
You know, <laughs> I know this is a question that I've heard asked of a lot of people. Um, you know, I remember, you know, back in the day when we were bringing like Rodwell through and like, uh, you know, we had a few others. I mean, there were guys that never really made it. Uh, Connor uh, McElhaney and, you know, Jose Baxter. And, you know, that, I don't know. Uh, it always seemed to me that the academy was doing its job up to a point. Right. And, and now it just seems like recently, I guess, you know, who would be the last player that you consider that's come through that's, you know, made an impact from the academy more like Tom Davies, um, you know, I don't know. It seemed like the future was really bright and it's now just a bit dim. Um, but we, I think that moving forward, it needs to be a balanced approach of like, you know, how we field our team combining who we can get from the Academy with players that are smartly bought. I mean, it's, it's the way Lester does stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's buying smartly and growing your own talent. Um, so I, you know, I, I do, I do want to see some of the younger players. I thought Anthony Gordon had a great game against QPR. A lot of effort, you know. He was yeah. getting stuck in, really bright, and you know what? He he looked good again on Saturday, you know. So you know, throwing him on at Old Trafford. I mean, I don't know. You 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 seek your own level, right? And all it takes is for one of these kids to get the opportunity and to do something incredible and on a big stage. I mean, think about what it would do for the confidence of Anthony Gordon or, or Lewis Dobbin to get in that match on Saturday and sneak a late one in at Old Trafford in front of old CR7 and the rest of the, 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 the Red Devil get-along gang. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it would be great for their confidence and for their development. Um, I want to see youth given a chance. I also want to see us growing our own talent. Um, you know, that way people are playing the Everton way as they come up, and it's – going to be a simple transition as they go from the the academy to the first team yeah it's a seamless so, thing and it's a, i think you raise a good question i know there's been wholesale changes in the academy and i think it's gone from having you know 20 year olds being commonplace to, to actually the oldest player in the academy now in the in the under 23s is 20 so that's been a, a you know a welcome change because it's long overdue, you know, and I think you're quite mm. right. You know, it, we've definitely got caught into the trap, or certainly David Dunsworth, in my opinion, has got caught into the trap of of just competing maybe for that 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 you know that Premier League too, playing players like Umar Nias when when Ella Sims was left on the bench, you know, and it's exactly. it's wrong, you know, it's it's set up just for just for me for competing. So again, you know, I this is me going on to the limb here, but I'd probably like to see Unsworth moved on at some stage and, and, and a whole new kind of era, uh, you know, and a fresh approach in that under 23s. But um, let's see how it plays out. And I think the other big thing is the academy ban. Obviously, we've seen us bring in some very good talent from elsewhere, certainly Yorkshire, with Mason Holgate. You know, mm. obviously, he has plateaued for a bit, you know, and been out of form. But either way, you know, he came to the club as a young lad and he's progressed through in, you know, regular first teamer, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Yeah. He didn't spend long there in the under-23s, but he was bought as an under-23 product. So we can buy again, and we obviously bought, I'm not going to try and pronounce the name, but the uh, the young son, Lil Madfa, yeah. uh, who was uh, 16 years of age as well. So it's nice to see us now being able to do that with the academy band being up. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it, it's long overdue, I think it's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And I also have to say that, like, change is a good thing, okay? Learning something new is a good thing. Um and you need to challenge yourself. I have two very unpopular things to say. And I don't uh, – one is I think I think that Unsworth needs to go, okay? And I think he needs a new challenge somewhere else, whether it's inside the club, whether it's somewhere else. He needs a reset and a refresh. 
I also want to see Big Dunk get a new challenge because ultimately what would make me happy is seeing him on the touchline because of the fact that he's big freaking dunk to begin with. Second of all, like I never got to see him play as an Evertonian. I can only watch the highlights and I can see the passion in his face. I mean, like that's, listen, people be like, if you had a time machine, what would you do? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't even tell these idiots that I wouldn't go, you know, see the sign of the Magna Carta. I'd go see big dunk winding up the red shot and scoring against United. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'd do if I had a time machine, Um, you know, but like, I do, I do want to see him on the touchline for Everton one day. And I think that like, sometimes it's a good thing to go home. Um, you know, like, you know, everybody loves college football here in the U S and the coach of Georgia was a player at Georgia, right. When, when he played coming home can be a very good thing. Um, and I think that there will be a time for big dunk to come home, but I hope that he gets the opportunity to get more challenges because I think it's going to make the manager that he'll be when he comes back to us even better, which means it's just better for Everton. So, yeah, no, Astro, I think you spot on actually, you know, and there was big questions, you know, will Dunk get the job, you know, when, when obviously um, Angelotti left and, you know, I think rightly so, he was probably seriously considered at one stage, you know, and it's a big ask, you know, nowadays with all the money that's in the Premier League, you know, to, 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 to just, you know, get given a job without the experience, um, you know, I, I, You've even seen likes of Lampard, even though it didn't end well for him. He had to go to Derby. Obviously, Stephen Gerrard at the moment at Rangers. And even uh, Oligar Solskjaer that's, that's had a few jobs there and then, you know, come back to United. So, uh, you know, I think you're right. I think you've got you've to gotta go out there and you've got to show that actually that you are, you know, man, you know, and no one, no one loves Dunk as much as me, you know, as well, because he really, you know, kind of, made me fall in love with Everton growing up watching him, you know, and I just used to love that approach and the, the passion and, and you know, equally in my lifetime, he's the only football Everton player that I've seen win a trophy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's he's someone that's close to my heart and I'd love to see him on the touchline and that might be that he has to go to, to the SPL or he goes to, you know, to, to a side over in Germany or whatever the jobs are at the time. Tony, are you the same thoughts there with, with Big Dunk? Yeah, as I say, like people were saying, give Dunk the job. I was like, he's not ready yet. You know, he hasn't proved himself. He needs to go. He needs to go manage someone. Maybe, you know, like maybe a Scottish Premiership team, Championship team, League One, maybe. Yeah. You know, just like, like not like, like not like one of the worst teams, but like one like the better ones. Yeah. Um, and like improve, like prove himself there. I mean, obviously, then if he can prove himself, that he can, you know, manage one of those teams, then. Yeah, as, as Nick said, like in the future, you know, we'll be boss to see him manage Everton. But at this point in time, we're in the building process. Need someone who's experienced. You know, like Rafa. I didn't want Rafa, you know, because of obviously his connections to Liverpool. But at the minute, I can't say, apart from QPR, maybe. He hasn't put a foot wrong, really. Mm-hmm. And I do like the way the players talk about him, the way his training methods. Like, they're enjoying training under me. He's telling them where to be, he's, you know, pushing them, like, with Ancelotti, you never got that, you just see, you could, it's weird, my dad, I like, I didn't, didn't want to believe my dad, about, when we started going to a little bit of a bad spell, after having that good spell, he went, I can tell, looking at that Ancelotti on the sideline, he's not asked him, and I was, oh no, it's not that, it's just thing going, just the way he is, but, how right was he? Yeah. I mean, the body language is there. It was, you know, I, I was just as guilty as you. So, you know, I, I seen it, you know, but I didn't want to believe it, you know, and it's, it, it was, you know, it's, 
it's just one of them things. And it sometimes sometimes things just don't don't work out, and there's no re- rhyme or reason for it. Maybe his head wasn't here. Maybe COVID, you know, changed the scenario. We will never really know, you know. And I think whatever whatever happens, and for whatever reason, it, it you know it might have been a blessing in disguise. Um, and yeah, you know, we talk about Big Duncan staying on him as well. You look at Neil Critchley, who's gone to Blackpool, and you know we just mentioned them earlier on, and Ella Sims going there as well. And he's used his connections very well. You know, obviously they've got Garbutt there, Josh Bowler. They've had uh, Shane Lavery that's gone there that used to be at Everton Academy. Um, and, you know, he, he's brought it. Well, certainly there was a couple of Liverpool players that had gone there prior as well on loan. He's used his connections in the Northwest well to yeah, actually yeah. elevate Blackpool to a position. And, you know, he's doing a really good job. So that might be, you know, again, Gerrard's similar. You know, um, he's brought a few ex-Liverpool lads up to Rangers and that's benefited them. So, Ferguson's probably in a real good place if, if he did go to another club somewhere, the right fit that, that he could actually use the connections and it could actually benefit Everton as well and the development of some of these players that might need experience. Well done. Uh, so who knows? We, we might actually get, you know, both both um, sides of what we want there. Um, just just uh, we'll just finish on on what on, on United actually. Um I'm just gonna come come round the, the room right um to see what your prediction is score-wise. I'm gonna put you on the air. Uh, Put you on the platter and see if you can deliver. So, uh, go on. Oh, okay. So, uh, just real quick to kick, I'm one more thing I wanted to add to. Yeah. You can always tell the difference between the man that's showing up to get the job done and the man or woman or whoever is showing up to just collect a paycheck. <laughs> Body language speaks volumes. You remember Strike, Stracularcy? That old boy showed up to play every week. He couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a bass fiddle, but he worked his ass off for Everton. Okay. And we loved him for it. Right. So like the body language. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about with Ancelotti. It's what scared me as we started to run out of that good spell uh, last season. Sorry. I just wanted to throw that in. Listen, (laughs) body language. Yeah. Body language. uh, Yeah. Listen, you have to, you have to pay attention to that kind of stuff. Um, But no, as far as, uh, Ooh, United, right. That's a tough one for me. Um, I, you know what? They scare the living daylights out of me. Um, uh, honest to goodness, um, I do see the downside of what could happen, but as I said before, our lads have been in the trenches, they've been fighting together, they've they're they've sucked up a whole lot of adversity and put up with a whole lot of shit the last month, and that builds character, that builds camaraderie. I think we're gonna go in there and at worst come out with a draw. And I think there's a good chance we're gonna somehow nick a two-one win. Tell you what, there you go. So that's a positive start there. Um, and I love all of your optimism, mate. I love your optimism. That's something, you know, hopefully the players are going in thinking the same and we might have half a chance. Um, yeah. So what about yourself? Are you, are you looking at um, a positive result or, or do, you, you know, do you think it might be a, a bit, bit of a step too far for us at the moment? Well, you know, we can weigh it up. I mean, United just got beat by Villa. So obviously they're going to want you know, that bounce back event, obviously that bounce back result. Um, I can't see he's not shutting them out. But on the other hand, it could be a confidence of not having, you know, enough in confidence for them. I'm going to go to all. There you go. So two draws. And to be fair, I feel like I can't break the trend here. So, look, I think Ollie's still learning on the job. Obviously, as the, the, the kind of you know, saying goes, that, that Ollie's at the wheel. And you know he's he, he he really is learning you know the ropes as he goes. So Rafa Benitez is an old school tactician, 
You know, I think he, he's a wily old cat and he, you know, he knows how to frustrate teams. I think that, you know, if we can get into that game and be at a, a point where maybe it's 1-1 or 0-0 at half-time, then I think that the in-game changes uh, may be really important. Um, and, and I do believe that Rafa might have something up as, as, as a, a Spanish sleeve uh, to trick Ole. Um, so, yeah, no, I think get there 1-1 um, and, it, you know, either a draw or you could nick something. But it's just about being in the fight at half-time for me still. Yeah. I couldn't agree um, more. So just, just a quick one, sorry, I did, just before we finish as well, I did ask for some questions and I asked late today. Um, so uh, apologies would be one of them days. But Matt Barry has, has just asked a quick question of us. Uh, if the club had 15 to 20 million to spend in January, does Benitez buy one player or fill a few squad gaps? And just to, just a compliment before we answer, as Dave then commented on that, Dave W to say, you buy the right players, price means nothing. See Damari Gray. If we can buy two or three players um, for that kind of money, then great. Um, but uh, they have to be at the correct standards. If we can only buy one, so be it. So I'll go around the room there. I'll start with yourself, Astro. What about you? What, what, what's your answer to that? Do you, do you just go for this, the right back, the holy grail that we've been waiting for? Or do you look to try and, you know, spread that across a couple of positions? You know, sometimes, you know, when you, when you get in a situation like that, you have to think about what's going to be that need at that moment, okay? And since we're not perched at the opening of the transfer window in January, it's hard for me to say, right? I don't know. i tell you what I would do if I was, you know, in any position at Everton Football Club is I would assess the greatest need of the moment first. Now, if I'm able to, let's say we've got um, – I don't know. Let's say we need some cover at, uh, I don't know. Say we got to, you know, Damari Gray gets injured. We need some help on the wing, right? Okay. Um, so let's say, and God forbid that happens. I don't want to be blamed for it. Um, but I would get that taken care of. And then if I could get a right back, I would. But if Seamus is fit and we've been able to get around it, like you just have to address your most pressing need first, like triage, right? And then if you can do more, you do more. Um, I know that's not the direct answer uh, that he was probably looking for, but yeah, I would say wait for wait for the moment, address the most uh, pressing need, and if you can do a little extra, slap a little icing on the cake, make it sweeter. <laughs> Excellent. No, I, I, I do agree, Tony. What, what about yourself? You similar mindset there? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's clearly evident that we do need this. I am. This right back, we've needed a right back for three years. Um, obviously that'll be my priority. But again, as you say, a winger. We do need a. I think we do need another winger because um, I think a Wobie's had his three good games this season. And we've just gone back to being a Wobie again. Um, so that I mean, obviously I'd love that Portuguese, but not Portuguese, not Portuguese. He's um Colombian, Colombian, the Colombian kid from Portugal. Yeah, the him. Being obviously he's asked, he said twenty five million. You're not going to get him for twenty five million. I don't think you'll see him till the summer. So personally, I'd, I'd wait because you just want to go and buy in anyone. But yeah, I'd, if we can get a good right back, um, I'd be happy to spend the full amount on that. But you know, with a right back, he could get one of the cheap options like Gray, like that. What's that that kid that you keep talking about? The Scottish kid, Patterson. 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 Yeah, that could yeah. be one of your options. Yeah. No. I've, I... I'm probably in full agreement with both of you there. I think too often that we've, we've been very short-termism in our, our approach and, and that's led to us wasting money. Um, so, you know, it's 
it's obviously really important as well, like like uh, Nick was said about actually getting in the moment and, and seeing where we are, seeing where we are on the table, seeing where the squads are, you know, understanding, you know, who knows, Seamus Coleman might be like the bionic man come January and we think we can actually just see the season out with him, you know, and or we might, you know, be in a position where Maitland-Niles all of a sudden becomes available on, on loan and that might see that that need, um, you know, and, and we might actually say, right, this money's just going to go towards this attacking player and we're going to go out swinging. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, you, you know, certainly if, if Europe's available, it's, a, it's an option that we might consider, you know, and there's, there's other things that might happen, you know, there's like Cheng Tosin might leave, you know, there's a variety of players in and around the squad there that, that I'm sure that aren't off the table if someone does come bidding for them that we might consider it. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, we've probably muddied the water rather than clearing the water in, in answering Matt's question between all three of us. But, yeah, no, I think it's a, we've holistically got to approach January in, in a way that, that that we probably only know when we get to January. I think it's fair to say, isn't it? To be honest with you, I'll know, um, put my neck on the line here, but he's not the answer. But I can see Jenk Sosson and I was contact finishes next summer. Do you know? Doing something for us this season under Rafa. I don't know what it is. I just think on a four-four-two system. Yeah. Um, with another striker next to him, you know, he'll get a, he'll get a couple of goals for us. I think he'll be. I think personally, personally, think he'll be better. He's going to be the better option than Ronson. Um, until the end of the season. I can't but, argue with that. I can't. I literally can't argue with that. If, if you're going to go down for that one, pal, I'll hitch my wagon to you and we'll go together. Because I, <laughs> I can see him doing more, um, because it only benefits him to be a productive member of the team. Um, you know, if he gets stuck in and puts a performance in, you know, maybe he's not playing. For, he's not playing for us next season, but it gets him a better contract following on um, yeah. somewhere else. So yeah, that would it'd be a welcome surprise to see some of the Deadwood, you know step up and, and, and be counted in a positive and, way and, and not as a just as on a wedge bill. Yeah. And there's a World Cup coming up as well, isn't it? That's a true statement. That's an excellent statement. And also there's the African Nations, the AFCON as well in January. Uh, and mm. I think, as far as I know, I think Awobi is the only player that, that we might be missing, but that might be another consideration as well. Um, you know, it's obviously, you'll probably hit the, the side over the park much worse. We were losing a couple of their front three. So, right, anyway, thanks very much for, for your time um, listening and, and for, for our, our wonderful uh, guest host today, Tony and, and, uh, and Nick, uh, a.k.a. Astra. Astro, sorry, well, the Astra there. Um, and I, I, I've got to get you to say it. What's happening with the beat just before? Oh, the beat goes on. Listen, the beat goes on. Listen, listen, I, I hope the beat goes on Saturday. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I bet people are going to listen to this and go, he's a lot more fun when he's riled up doing match reactions. But uh, <laughs> like this is this is the I really appreciate the invitation. I really just uh, just the chance to talk talk Everton with you guys has just been the greatest. So hopefully we can we can get to beat get, keep the beat on and uh, and 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 up the toffees, baby, up the toffees. <laughs> Bye for now and thank you very much for listening. Oh.